Hello, and welcome to Imperfect Parenting Podcast. Happy to be here with you. Here we go. Let's do it again. Do it again. I just love being with you, Brittany. I, I, I haven't said it in a while. And the people are getting worried. You say it, but not on camera. I do. You were just singing to me on the way in. <laughs> just He's a man of words of affirmation coming my way. Giving and taking. Always. But that's not why we're here today, though I'm sure our listeners know that you adore okay. me. Okay, good. I don't that's think all they, I want. they want to all I want is that you're, you're aware that I love this woman deeply, <laughs> which brings us to the meme. <laughs> that's my segue. Yep. Okay. <laughs> uh, so our meme today is, think of um, Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. all you parents that were born yes. um, in that era. If you don't know what Jurassic Park is... Um, I'm sorry. It's a good movie. You should go watch it. But there's a T-Rex. I mean, ferocious, scary, mouth open, teeth showing. It's in that full-on roar of a T-Rex that it gives. And right above it, it says her attitude. The next picture to it is this little, (laughs) tiny, basic video game, Mm -hmm. single color, outline, of a T-Rex, but is like the size of the tooth of the other <laughs> one. And it says her height. Yeah. So her attitude is this big. Her height is really significantly smaller. Yeah. We thought that was funny, thinking about toddlers and the pterodactyl scream, we call it, you know, the two-year-olds that scream. How can such mess, such noise, such disgustingness come from something so small or be so disruptive, you know, like they're, they believe <laughs> that they are mighty yep. when they're just tiny. Um, but because we're talking about the spiritual realm, we also thought it was a good play on the reality of just because your kid is little mm-hmm. doesn't mean that their spirit is little. So it, it felt like it could be encouraging to you. It's like a lot of parents that call in, they're like strong-willed child. I'm like, well, just think about what that looks like in the kingdom. Yeah. So trying to help you be encouraged to your strong-willed kids that they are ferocious inside and going to do mighty, mighty things. You had a mug or a shirt a while ago that said something like, though she be small, she be mighty? No? I don't... Um, it was great. I mean, I think there's a, f- a phrase, though she be little, she be mighty or something. Okay. I mean, there's like all these powerful, different yeah. variations. Sure. That's, um, it just reminds me of this. But. You know, I, I think, yeah, the short people love that. You know, I mean, I'm little, but I'm mighty. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I've seen that on little kids' shirts. Mm-hmm. I might be little, but you should see my attitude or something. You know, again, same same concept. Just I am, I'm bigger than you think. <laughs> Especially in the spirit. Yeah. Um, but today's topic, kind of going on theme, it's actually one that. I, you and I have a lot of value for, mm-hmm. it, it blends well with uh, the last episode. We actually talked about uh, your kind of awareness and activation as a parent spiritually, your spiritual gifts, how you're fostering that in your home. Um, and this is really the spiritual community that we help our kids get around. We were talking through this and and kind of came to the, I don't know if parents realize how crucial other leaders in their lives are. Like our kids need other people 
that we trust, that we believe that we um, can empower in our kids' lives. Like, because if it's just you and you're on an island, uh, things can get a little bit hairy and not in a good way. And so I think that spiritual community is uh, kind of where we've decided to go because it, it is really, really important that you're you're not limiting your kids to your own leadership lid. Yeah. I think that's the hard truth of it. Yeah. Is you should be the leader in your in your home, but there are things that we won't be able to activate in our kids that we need you know, the body of Christ for. We we need other people in their lives to to tap into that, to speak into that. And so if I limit their involvement and engagement and permission to have other voices. I do think there needs to be a vetting process. If you know me at all, I'm a bit of a control freak and not (laughs) afraid to say it, especially in this area. I want to know you will not be scary to me, but you will be nothing but um, a beautiful resource for my kids. So we do a lot of that by gathering people close and then encouraging and empowering and so I'm not scared when I go, yeah, you can go to lunch with Sam. Mm-hmm. I love Sam. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, th- those who don't know this, I was a youth pastor for 10 plus years, and this experience happened all the time with parents, um, which is, just reminds me of this conversation, where I would be having a conversation with a child, and they would go home, and the parent would come find me later and say, I've told my child <laughs> what yeah. you told them. 50,000 times. Yep. And then you say, and they're like, oh my gosh, there's this brand new revelation. And uh, No, it's just, just somebody else said it. Well, it's just, you know, there, at some level, as parents, we are planting seeds over and over again, but we're often not the ones to to, to bring it forth or, or y- yield the fruit, so to say. Mm-hmm. We, need, we need other people around to actually activate different things, like you said. And so it was such a funny conversation that I had so many times. Mm-hmm. But it was it was always encouraging to just remind parents like listen I'm I'm for you I'm mm-hmm. with you I I only want to see your child win so if they heard it from me or heard it from you it doesn't matter the thing that was in your heart for them to get I think they got it yeah uh, that's an interesting thought just how you said we plant seeds all the time and I, I think that's probably part of this is that you know you at home mm-hmm. we're gonna have probably the most structure, they probably encounter the word no the most from us. They they probably are running into a bit of I'm trying to figure out how do I share control. You know, that's I think the reality of just yep. home life. And you know, I, I was laughing at the we were asking Lincoln about his leader Sam and how much Sam means to him and this and that and all these things. And the two of them have a li- been a little bit more um, rough and tumble with each other than what I remember when Lainey was involved, like there's more wrestling happening <laughs> than there's ever been before with just the two of them. And I think partly is because Adeline will play the mm-hmm. wrestle. Lainey didn't really play the wrestle. So, and Lincoln's a boy, so he's a bit stronger than Adeline. Um, not that Adeline couldn't hold her own if she wanted to. So there's just this little bit uh, exchange going on that's different since Lainey's moved out. But I asked Lincoln, I said, so if, because we're talking all the time about like, hey, be mindful of your sister, how you treat your sister, you know, blah, 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 your sister, you know, because he's the boy and all these things and he's he's stronger. And I said, what if Sam said, got wind that you weren't being very respectful to Addie? And he said, man, 
how do you think you're doing with treating your sister? And he'd say, Lincoln said, well, not very good. And what if I said, what if Sam told you you probably should be respectful? And he goes, I'd listen. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I mean, we were having a hypothetical Boom. conversation <laughs> for Sam. Yeah. And Lincoln is putting on display exactly what you said, which is that we're planting these seeds all the time. Like how yeah. many times? It's pretty much every single day. You too, you too, you too, you too. Pick a new game. <laughs> Find another room. Find a room. I'm having this is a hassling, you know, like this is this is the normal. And in a hypothetical conversation with Sam that he has not had, he said, I would change. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. But you Sam, you, step you, up, man. No. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even have this conversation. But it's uh, just the point of instead of seeing it as a threat or being frustrated yeah. that the seeds that you have been tending to and all these things, it needed something different yep. to grow and thrive. And and that's really what the spiritual community and these resources um, all, can be for our kids. I think back to being a youth pastor, you know, we typically had kids, and the ones I was closer to, it, it was an hour for most kids, some, some other youth that was maybe two or three hours a week that actually be in their presence, be around them, and be pouring into them. So three hours out of a week is nothing. Mm-hmm. But there's something that happens in that, that group setting because I'm, I'm not your parent. My voice is a little bit different than theirs. There's an opportunity to kind of fuel and, and, and strengthen the thing that's actually already in you mm-hmm. that I didn't put there. That's from your parents. Your parents have been watering the seed, developing you, helping you grow all this whole time. And I say it, and there's this spark that takes place mm-hmm. that was just waiting there. It was, it was prepared and ready to go. And, and it's the parents at home that really are the ones that tend to the fire and, and keep the flame going. And I think that's the encouragement is we need community in our kids' lives, but then they come home. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's kind of the last episode <laughs> what we talked about is us doing a good job with the environment in, in the house. So when we send them out to kind of catch the flame again and, and, and get encouraged, they come home to a place where it just continues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... I- I don't know that you're you're using the example of youth group, and I don't feel like sure. it has to be. No, that's where it starts. That's my context. Stop. Yeah, and and I, I watched firsthand. I don't know how many times, how many parents I've heard. I have said this so many times, and you know, I get it. I don't know that I've said that yet to any leader, mostly because I'm like, I know it's probably happening. <laughs> it's a default of the old job we used to do. But um, you know, Seth's going to be sad because we're going to talk about him when he's not here mm-hmm. as how uh, yeah. amazing uh, <laughs> he's been. But in the like elementary years, I worked in children's ministry for years and years, but I was downstairs with the younger grade. And so Delaney was upstairs, which is was basically first grade. So mm-hmm. still really young. So Delaney's up there first grade through, I think it was fifth grade or fourth grade in that room. And Seth was her leader. He called and still calls her D-Bear. That's her name. I don't know why. Doesn't I don't know, even know how it came about. Seth, Seth has, he says weird things. He has lots of Don't things. change, Seth. But <laughs> I remember you know, he was just this presence for her that was a leader, that was safe, that she trusted. And um, to the point where when she decided that she wanted to get baptized... You know, Ben, who's been a pastor for her entire life, <laughs> I who grew up in ministry and 
was a pastor's wife at the time. I was, I was, I guess I was kind of a pastor, but whatever. Uh, instead of us being the ones that she wants to baptize, because it, it's baptism night. Because we have poured our lives out for this child. Right. We are, well, this is... I'm ready for this moment. Round one. In fact, I've dreamt about this moment. Here it comes. <laughs> we are going to baptize our child. Yeah. And she says, I want Seth to do it. Yeah. I'm sure a little part of you just broke inside of there the There was heartache. a moment. And I'm like, it's Seth. It's, it's Seth. It's our brother. Come on. But he, he baptized her. It was this amazing moment. It was beautiful. So great. Um, and then, you know, fast forward to just really hard season she was in. And I remember calling Seth and just saying, like, hey, this is the season we're in. Our girl is losing it. He doesn't live near us at all anymore. We're still connected. And he would be just text us both praying for her, contending for her. Like, she knows who she is. Just really great stuff. And he wasn't really super close to her at that season. But anytime he'd come around, D-Bear would come out and all that. Um, and I remember Lainey kind of came back to the Lord and, and ch- kind of changed her direction. And Seth gave her this really impactful word. Um, maybe it was the beginning of her senior year. I can't really remember. Maybe it was her junior year. I think it was her junior year, somewhere in there. And she held on to it because this... Seth has been a leader yeah. in her life that she has trusted since she was six years old. Yeah. And here she is at 16, still trusting his words. And he baptized her when she was about seven or eight, somewhere in there. And, you know, again, Seth is this place. So I'm sure in the grand scale of life, I mean, like this is, this is banning in some way for me. Banning mm-hmm. has been my youth, was my youth pastor when I was 16 and has been in my life ever since. And it has been a long time guys. It's a long time. And you know, and I'm, I'm meeting with him because he's still a leader in my life. He was there when I lost my mind at 16, when I wasn't serving the Lord. And when I came back to the Lord and he's been in our life ever since. So Seth will be that probably for Delaney. But it started when she was six, guys. This is the part I'm trying to get at, is that um, I, don't, I don't know the plan that God has, but I know that if I position my kids into the space where leaders can show up in their lives, I don't know how long that they're going to be around. It might just be for a short season, but it'll be an impactful one because that's yeah. who God is. But it, it marks them, which is why we need our kids to have leaders that are outside of our home. You are the leader in your home. They need leaders outside their home. So how do you go and do that? How do you, like, I think about parents that are afraid of all the, everything to be afraid of these days. I, I think the biggest thing is I would say we, we became friends. We got to know these people yeah. first, and then we gave this space of permission away. But it's just so crucial. Like, look at her now. I'm like, she, so much of what she decided to do in, in adulthood was tied to the uh, word that Seth gave her. Absolutely. So thank you, Seth. Thank we you, Seth. You. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for pointing our kids. Yeah. I'll tell you to listen to this one just so you <laughs> can feel encouraged by it. Hey, parents. Let's be real. As every parent from the beginning of time has discovered... Kids don't come with a manual. 
Parenting is a learning journey from the beginning to end. And like all learning journeys, it's full of lessons, challenges, questions, mistakes, and messes. One of the biggest reasons so many of us get scared, discouraged, frustrated, and overwhelmed as a parent is we think the goal of parenting is to become perfect parents who raise perfect children, which leads us to adopt the fear-driven strategies that focus on avoiding mistakes and messes, and we use control and punishment to change behavior. I wrote a book called Imperfect Parenting, where I explained the true goal of parenting, a safe, loving, heart-to-heart connection with our kids. Pursuing the goal of connection is what sets us up to influence the hearts, minds, and behavior of our children as we guide them on their own learning journey to becoming healthy, confident, and emotionally intelligent. This book will give you the tools you need to lay down the goal of perfection and become fully engaged in your journey of building a healthy, connected family culture where your children can thrive. You can find Imperfect Parenting by going to www.lovingonpurpose.com and clicking store. That's www.lovingonpurpose.com and click store. Yeah, it's just, this is profound, I think, this piece right here. I I heard someone say recently, you probably heard this mantra, but it sounds something like, you are the expression of the closest five people in your life. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think this plays out right here too. Like who are the closest five people to your kids? And that's friends and then leaders. And and where are they directing your child? And that's going to begin to show up, especially now, but really later in life, you'll start to see the fruit mm-hmm. of, of that thing right there. So I want to put my kids in, in rooms and in relationships that just begin to perpetuate momentum for mm-hmm. spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. And so Seth, um, you know, Sam Valinkin, mm-hmm. that's a real person. I'm not making up some story. This I'm is a real person that we are so thankful for. Um, he's probably the most excited person I've ever met, which is great. Sam's just, just always full of so life and love. Um, you, know, you know, for Adeline, there's, there's multiple people. It, it's Emma, her current youth pastor. She's just, uh, she's just linked her life to, to Emma, and she's following her with what's the next step? Mm-hmm. What's the next step for us to grow? And, you know, Emma's much younger than us, but doing a fantastic job with her life. And we are connected to her and feel so safe. We even took Emma backpacking. It wasn't like a hazing. It it kind of was. But it, was an, it poured it was rain and thunder and thunder lightning. And lightning. And her yeah. first backpacking ever. Yeah. And she still likes us. So keep pouring in our girl. <laughs> but it's just, it's such an important piece right here. So where are the opportunities? It could be church. It could be like some activity or some sport. I think the yeah. stories of coaches. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Banning still talks about his coach that I'm not sure was saved or not. I don't know. But he talks about the lessons he learned about leadership mm-hmm. that he's then applied to his spiritual life that he got from a coach mm-hmm. early on. Yeah. So. I, I think you're looking for um, kingdom character, whether like Banning's coach was saved or not. I, I think of Lincoln's Taekwondo instructors like – there's a level of kingdom character that they carry exactly. that I I don't know what your personal beliefs or relationship with the Lord looks like, but I, I know that I'm, I'm not afraid to let the kingdom uh, culture that you have leak out on my son. Because whether you have the filter of the Lord or not, he has the filter of the Lord. And then at home, we have this filter, so we're going to nurture this. Um, 
but it's it's just this place of um, again not limiting your kids to your own leadership lid, and we are very much in the relational category. Like that is our bend. That is the loudest thing in our home. That's typically how our kids show up. Um, you know, the friends that they find and make, and I mean, relationship and communication and all those things are really high on the priority. So that's typically how it looks. But if you're an entrepreneur family and you want to develop this curiosity and ability to take a risk and dive in, then you're going to have to find leaders that help, you know, stimulate that same kind of culture that you value. So, I mean, sometimes it shows up when they're five or six, like what we talked about. Sometimes it shows up a little bit later. I'm pretty sure Mr. and Mrs. Westfall will forever be part of Lincoln's story in his life. Um, and part of that's just the amount of time that he's been spending with them. I think there's, you know, when we talk about this is the reason why we're so passionate about this, other than the fact that I was in children's ministry and I, I saw these moments that happened. Um, I remember having little shadows of kids that I just loved on and that, you know, I was part of their story for that little season, even though they were really little, you know, I had like the four year olds. Um, I could still, they would show up and I would see them as they grew older. And there was just a special moment of them trusting me and same with their parents and all that happened for high school with you with all these kids i don't know how many kids are been or leaders through the years have come to our house for dinner um but you know even when we got married we honored Mm -hmm. the leaders in our life in our youth and this is why because we got married 18 and 19 so we were barely out of (laughs) high school still youth pretty much we were still in our teens when we got married (laughs) but we were we made a space in our wedding to have youth leaders be recognized because we knew the impact that they had on our lives absolutely transformed where we were in that moment. So, I mean, we had Mike and Nicolette Morris at the time, Candace and Eric Johnson, uh, Benny and CJ Liebscher. Uh, We had... Gabe and Leah. Gabe and Leah Valenzuela. And, you know, we... I think it was only the four of them. Mm -hmm. And... We just had them stand in the middle of our ceremony to thank them. Really, at that point, I think it was my dad that kind of led that. On this side of it, I'm really grateful that he did because I'm sure as the parent, mm-hmm. realizing these people really, they they helped grow this thing that I wanted to see happen in my kids that I have been sowing into and nurturing and, and trying to make flourish. They assisted greatly. Yep which is why we wanted to honor them. And, you know, in hindsight, as a parent, uh, we have a, another level of value because we we know the impact that they made and, and the impact that they're making in our kids right now, which means I will drive Adeline every other week or every week in the summer to random coffee shops to meet with Emma and this group of girls because I know it's worth the sacrifice of my time to make that happen. It's not about the friends that are there. That's a piece of it. But I know by her getting closer to Emma, it's just going to pull out some kind of greatness in her that I may not be able to pull out. Same with Sam. I mean, Sam shows up. Sam's a freaking champion showing up (laughs) at Taekwondo, you know, as the first leader to ever come to any of Lincoln's thing. And he is just overwhelmed with courage because his leader's there. Yeah. 
I mean, there's just, it's, it is such a gift, this idea of community. I, I, you know, in my own story, these are the marking moments. Like when I look through my story, every marking moment mm -hmm. has connected to it. Some kind of leader in my life that believed in me, that spoken to me. Like I, I've probably talked about him on here before, but Stewie, mm -hmm. Stuart Wilkinson. He was, he was my youth leader for one year. And that one year, like something took place where I had never felt that believed in by someone other than my parents. Mm -hmm. And someone just lit up. So he's in Australia. He's a, he's a great man, very faithful, married with kids. And, but he, uh, every time I see him now, if I get a chance to on Facebook or I find him or I'm but back in Australia and I find it, I see him again. I've told him for now 20 plus years, hey, it's been a while, but it still means something. You are still one of the biggest influences in my life that I still draw from today. And I, I, I think this honor piece, Brittany's talking about, you know, what we did at our wedding, um, having them stand up and, and a room full of 400 people looking at these people, recognizing the, the impact they've had. Something happens when we, when, when we honor these people mm -hmm. that it actually creates more, more anointing, more flow, more opportunity. So I'm not sure how honor looks for you right now, but that, that could be going to the coach and saying thank you. Mm -hmm. We so appreciate you. Going to the youth pastor or children's pastor, um, if it's the neighbor that's pouring to your child, mm -hmm. go tell them. Like something takes place. It actually gives them more courage and reminds them why they're doing what they're doing for all the kids, especially yours, mm -hmm. when when they experience that, that honor exchange. Mm -hmm. Again, I, I think if you're hesitant to do this, it, it's graft people into your life, get to know them, and then empower them. Yeah. Um, of uh, with really permission yeah. uh, to to speak into your kids' lives. I think that that's the thing over and over again that I think about, and um, I just can't can't say enough of that. It's it's worth that investment, mm. and you know, I I I think that there's there's so much in it, and, and community. We talk about community all the time in different ways, but it's you know something that we've stewarded in Delaney. Because we've done it in our own life as far as getting around people that will add strength, that we're looking for wisdom in. I mean, this is just kind of who we are. Um, you know, she's an adult, and she's she's doing the same thing. She's leaning in. She's speaking to her leader. She's submitting her life, and she's got to do it on her own. Yep. Just no longer, you know, hey, uh, Emma wants to go have coffee with you. You want to go? Yeah, sure. It's, you know, checking in with her leader so she could – just blow it off and give minimal effort, but because it's been modeled and she knows the value, she she's waiting for those moments. Like I, that was one thing she said the other day. She's like, oh, "It's just going to be a good day because <laughs> Richie Gordon's in there, and I have my one on one with Jory, I have my one on one with Ingram, and she's just listening about all these things." And and two of those big elements of the day are she's getting to go see her leaders yeah. to seek out wisdom and to see, be seen and be known by them and gain encouragement and courage to go back into her life. So, I so good. do all that you can to help get your kids around a spiritual community. It's only going to help you. It's yeah. you know, we joked on on one of the memes about like the tribe is coffee, but really <laughs> this is that tribe. Yeah. This is that space that we get to pull on. And this is the environment where the thing, you know, Seth did a great job a couple of episodes ago just talking about spiritual gifts and the importance mm -hmm. of it. And I think this is really the garden where it begins to grow and flourish mm -hmm. in a new way is, is, is when community gets, gets access 
to, to our family. Mm-hmm. It just increases our family culture, experience, it, all those things. Like this is the garden that I want to plant in. So. Yeah. It's good. Beautiful. All right. Well, let's jump into the question yep. that we have on I'll Ask It to You this time. It says, hello, I'm looking for good resources and how to be a parent uh, with adult children. Needing wisdom and advice on how to keep this relationship, boundaries, and loving them in tough seasons. Can you help by giving me anything helpful? Yeah. We are just starting out our journey <laughs> as adult parents of an adult child. Um, I, I, I think it's... It, I like it, how you said adult parents of adult... I think I hope they're always an adult. I mean, that should be. <laughs> We're adult parents of a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> it just was funny. Good catch. Good catch. Uh, I want to play with that for a while, but I'm going to leave it alone. <laughs> okay. Um, this this piece right here, I think it it does change. The game does change. Mm-hmm. The conversation changes. The experience and and my my role as a parent changes. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure what the boundaries are necessarily. Um, if it's an experience you're having, if if the way they're treating you and talking to you, or or they're they're choosing disconnection. There's lots of things that happen, and I think there's often an independence discovery that takes place mm-hmm. when they leave the home. They're kind of like, "What does this look like now?" You know, when when Delaney first came home for Christmas, mm-hmm. she got home and she's like, "Okay, I have to readjust back into the place I spent 18 years, mm-hmm. but I have to readjust to this this old normal, so to say." Mm-hmm. It's only been four months, but and it was I I understood it. I understood what was happening inside of her, and it, it could have sounded like she was ungrateful, ungrateful, or yeah. or, or wanting to not not be around us. Mm-hmm. She, I was just watching her adjust. Like I've been on my own for four months now, mm-hmm. and this has become my new normal. So there's some of those things happening too. I think my my encouragement here is just looking for looking for pathways for connection and asking great questions. Mm-hmm. That's our answer to a lot of things, um, but. I think if we're assuming or or having to read minds, it, it gets pretty painful and confusing. So just look, look for great opportunities to ask good questions and then great ways to connect with this child, this adult child. Mm-hmm. And and just, uh, you know, what what's the love language you experienced them having all the years in your house? Go go tune into that thing again and mm-hmm. just look for ways to say, I love you. I, I, I desire to be around you. And what are you needing from me? And then if, if the boundary is needed, it's a boundary that comes with the opportunity for reconnection. Mm-hmm. It's not punishment because you're hurting me. It's, it's a clear boundary that says, as soon as this behavior adjusts or you clean your mess up, I would like to be around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would read Keep Your Love On if you haven't already. I, I think that's going to, it's a relational book. So if you haven't read it, that's going to be it's a great resource. where you're looking at it. Good thing for you. It, it, emphasize it on connection, communication, and boundaries, yeah. which is where you're going to be mm-hmm. with your adult child. I've worked with a lot of parents right here where their child is an adult and somewhere there was an exchange of pain or overstepping or something, and the parent now feels removed or punished, yeah. and the child feels like they are trying to be free and um, not parented. Yep. 
being newly into this world, I'm looking at this going, oh my goodness, I can see how so many parents come off the rails right here. Because it's it's a new transition. I have to let go and stand back yep. and be a different role than I've been before. And I have to be okay with whatever it is that you're going to do. And that's the hard part is because I've spent the last 18 years having a say in some way or another, permission, opportunity, resources – of what's going to happen, especially if you're in my house. Mm. Now you're not in my house, and you all of the investment I've made of 18 years is 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 really very vulnerable. So I, that's the reality that I would say to parents: you've got to realize is that you you feel scared mm-hmm. that the investment that you've made is going to absolutely crumble or die or whatever I've sown into that is, is, has no value anymore. You know, so I think there's just a lot of, you know, it's morning of a new season. Yeah. I'm not sure how I feel about this. And, you know, it, it just becomes this tension. So when Lainey was home for Christmas and she's kind of expressing all these things and walking through a, a boyfriend and different stuff and all the things, I just kept thinking about, I have to ask her really good questions and I don't get to tell her what to do. I have to listen. Mm-hmm. I have to treat this relationship almost like it's one of my good friends of how would I encourage, empower, support, love, and be here regardless of whatever, if you choose my, my wisdom or not. And, and the hard part is that they're my kids, so I feel way responsible for what your life does. Uh, and so I, there's just this change. So I go from being a parent, and I don't, there's an element that never goes away of that. But more than ever, I actually move into the friend role. And I'm sure they, I would hope they still are coming to find you for resources and, and wisdom and counsel. And so you get the, that place of influence. But um, I think. Th- this is a scary place where when I, if I feel out of control based off your decisions, I'm going to abuse that influence, which then means I lose it. Yep. So I, I would lean in and listen. Be a really great listener. Learn to become a friend because you want to be someone that they enjoy being around. And honestly, there's a new season coming for you too. Like mm-hmm. they, they get to add things to your life that they didn't necessarily add before. Um, so it's a dance. It's a process. There's some mourning involved, and there's some celebrating involved. Um, I think keep your love on is probably the closest thing we have to loving your adult children on purpose, like everyone requests from my dad. <laughs> but don't don't run from it, or try and control it. I, I would just spend lots of time with Holy Spirit. I think one of the key points in there is pay attention to your scared. Mm-hmm. And and you manage it. Mm-hmm. Don't send it their way. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good question. Okay. Well, this concludes another episode <laughs> of Imperfect Parenting. See you guys next time.